0: Hi, my name is Tracy G, and I'm an inner work coach, NLP trainer and podcaster extraordinaire. Passionate about equality in the world that is more diverse and inclusive, giving each and every one of us the opportunity to be the best version of ourselves. As a biracial woman, I've experienced my fair share of discrimination in the past and come out on top. We all know that discrimination and bias still exists in the world today. And it's not always easy to know what to do about it. This podcast, All One Inclusive, is about celebrating all diversity and being proud of all that you are. I chat with inspiring guests and my friends as we share stories from news sources and listeners from all over the world who have experienced some form of discrimination firsthand. The aim is for us to be able to discuss this issue more openly so it becomes better understood by all and provide tips about what you can do to make a difference the world may have a lot of catching up to do but if we can imagine a more equal world we can create change step by step ripple by ripple good morning
1: mino Hello! <laughs> happy hump day happy hump day i uh, yes i'm looking
0: Worst Wednesday, okay. I think. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we just we say Happy Hump Day, but we don't record on a Wednesday. And I know. No, mm. it's early.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. and the feeling of, ooh. Yeah, me too. And a bit ooh this morning. Yes, need more sleep. Need like, more sleep. like, what have you been up to? We did uh, a little bit of house hunting yesterday. So, yes, that was boring. <laughs> there was nothing really interesting out there, but we did try this pizza place in Parramatta that is sort of in someone's backyard. So, and it was really good pizza. Like, yeah, it was really good pizza. And like Russa Pomodoro oh, level. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, but it was so chaotic because you kind of order and then you hang around and there's people like in chairs sitting down <laughs> waiting their order. And I don't know, the girls that were serving were just like, I don't know. It was super, yeah. It was just super chaotic, so, yeah. But the food was really good. So, oh, cool. Yeah. You go there again. But um, I don't know. I don't know if I'd sit and eat there. Like, we didn't do that, but I just felt like for the people who were sitting and eating there, it was a little bit crazy. But I think that's – and we went and watched a movie. We did? Good. And it was quite good. good. Yeah, I still don't know if Denzel Washington's son had been in that movie, because that would be funny if
0: it was, and it wasn't. So we watched a movie called The Creator. did.
1: It is John David Washington. Oh,
0: apparently it's Denzel Washington's son. So
1: I knew, I knew.
0: Wait, shoot, it's not got surname Washington, or is it actually
1: Denzel's no, parents, Denzel Washington? And Paulette of Washington. All oh, right, okay. So he, huh. The reason why I think you've seen it is seen him because he was in Tenant. You know when uh, we was it Tenant? That I've was, not seen that movie. That. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Tenant. That was like a funky. I didn't quite get that movie. I don't think I've seen that movie. He's been in quite a lot of movies. Even now, he was in a movie with Zendaya. Malcolm and Maria 2021, which was actually supposed to be really good. I haven't seen it yet. It's on my list. And Black Klansman, which looked really good in 2018.
0: But again, I'm not sure. all right, okay. No, I actually didn't even know Denzel Washington's son with an actor. Hmm. No well, idea. Huh?
1: Yes, like I said, not as charismatic as this guy,
0: but still Well it no. huh. it connects. For sure. Yes. Definitely. Mm. Um what else have I been doing since we last spoke? Besides the movie. I
1: what have we been doing?
0: I sent an audition in. You know, I get these oh, yes. auditions mm. for a TV commercial. Mm-hmm. I haven't got one yet. I must I need to up my game in these.
1: <laughs> i haven't
0: mm. got one yet well oh dear and i went to i went to visit bathmer last night we had dinner was really nice yeah. we went had ice cream at anita's is it anita's you know the so there's another ice really popular ice cream parlor yeah, yeah. competing i guess with messina mm. and the ice cream's really gross
1: you know what, I just got, which was weird now that you bring it up, is that I had faluda for the first time like two weeks ago. So, That's for- what? Faluda? Like, probably haven't heard of it, but it's like an Indian ice cream sundae. And I never knew about it. And one of our friends took us there. And what it is like, they're in their little cup thing. Where they put nuts and vermicelli and like little bits of jelly and stuff. And then rose, it's not rose water. It's some concentrated rose thing. And then they put that, like I put rose flavor. So that's why they put the rose, whatever. And then they put milk in it. And then they put like ice cream. And I don't know. It's so good. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I was like, and I've only had you know, obsessed with like one flavor. So I haven't Mm -hmm. even tried the other ones yet. There's like pistachio and mango and all this other one. So last night. I told PJ that I wanted faluda at, like, 10.30 at night. And it's so good that he lives where he lives because, honestly, we went at 10.30 at night and it was still open, that place, and it was so busy. There were literally people with kids, you know, standing around, you know, eating their faluda. So, oh, yeah,
0: yeah, it's crazy. Actually, Babu introduced me to a new flavour that's apparently very popular with the Jewish community. I can't remember the name now. So I had that last night. Oh, good to see that I can't remember what it was. It's really good. I want to say howdy, howdy, howdy or something. In the ice cream, oh, it was so good. But this place, it was about 10.30 as well. It was, I'd say, but it is in Bondi, so. Yeah, sure. That's probably why. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, what is that? So good. I want to try it. But to be honest. I'm going to see if that's what it is, is, if I got it right. No, I don't think I did. I think i got it completely wrong. All right, well I have to ask it. It's really good. And oh, what else? Just got time of, Oh, really? I get my braces next week, so the yeah. next time we talk, I have braces.
1: Mm.
0: Fun, fun. I know. <laughs> An anyway, enough of, enough of that. Our exciting lives we read.
1: Yes. Um, <laughs> fascinating. Fascinating. Parting here.
0: Actually, last weekend, I was at so many social things like friends, neighbors for drinks, neighbors for drinks, barbecue, <laughs> and birthday. I'm finishing my
1: birthday. Yeah. Uh, and it was really hot.
0: Yeah. So hot.
1: Oh, I should do a shout out to my mum. Oh, she finally convinced my grandmother to move downstairs. Apparently, oh. today. So for those who don't, my grandma is tiny and frail and walks with a walker. And my mom, like she's been living in my room, you know, upstairs for, you know, however long she's been here, seven years or whatever it is. But she's so tiny, like it's crazy. And we've always been afraid that she's going to slip and fall because we don't have carpet, like it's all wood. Anyway, but she's always, always resisted the idea, and she's got Parkinson's, so she's very shaky and whatnot. She's always resisted the idea of coming downstairs, but my mum my has finally convinced her. I feel like a little bit illegally because she told her that, you know, if you slip and fall, I could go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you imagine them back? Finally, So she <laughs> used emotional blackmail? Yes, she did. My grandma wouldn't have moved downstairs otherwise. There is a bedroom with a new touch bathroom downstairs, but my grandma was like, no. And then that is the argument my mother used. So, okay. Now moving downstairs. Okay.
0: Interesting.
1: The things we do, eh? Mm. Oh. Anyway, (laughs) I've got the first story here. So it's from Refinery29, which actually I'd never heard of, but there you go. The story is titled, The Ethnic Nose Job is on the Rise. Three Black Women Defend Theirs. And it's a very long article, so I'm going to take Snippet. Me says, getting a nose job was uh, one of the best decisions she has made. I would definitely say I'm more confident now. She says to Unbothered, I'm assuming that's paper, over Zoom. After years of contemplation, Kimi underwent the surgery that's called an ethnic rhinoplasty. Don't know why they call it that, but anyway. In Turkey at the age of 29, five months ago. What is an ethnic nose job? An ethnic nose job also known as an well, ethnic rhinoplasty also knows, known as an ethnic nose job, is a term given to rhinoplasty surgery when performed on people of colour procedure, costing anywhere around from £5,000 to £15,000, combines um, tested rhinoplasty techniques with specialist uh, surgical methods meant to help retain the natural look and shape. For some Black women who choose to undergo the procedure, the decision can be highly polarising. And it goes on to say, one of the doctors, Stephen Williams, says, historically, certain ethnicities have been associated with certain nasal shapes and types. Only in recent years has rhinoplasty evolved to effectively cater to the specific needs and desired outcomes of individuals from different racial backgrounds, embracing the unique features instead of trying to create a standard nose. And since then, the procedure has become more of an option for black women. Kimmy is very open about her procedure and has posted regular vlogs on her TikTok where she documented her recovery journey, and she's far from the only one. There are currently 157 million, that was close to what I was trying to say. Anyway, 157 million across the videos using the hashtag ethnic rhinoplasty. And it's a very popular thing as there are relatively few. Ba- black women who openly discuss their experiences with undergoing rhinoplasty due to fear of being judged and in some cases labeled anti-black. I've always wanted a uh, nose job because to be honest, I closely resemble my dad and I've always admired my mum's appearance. Like most young girls who idolize their mothers, I've wanted to change my nose since high school days, not due to any bullying or external pressure, but simply because I wanted that. I wanted to do something for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is Amanda who says the same thing. Original nose um, was similar in shape to her father's. And I've always been aware of my nose from a young age. Occasionally people would mention it to me, but it never triggered me that much. I um near getting surgery would allow me to get a more symmetrical face shape that I wanted. The whole process was very straightforward. My doctor explained the the whole process. I traveled to Turkey with my friend who helped me with the recovery. I had quite a bit of swelling and couldn't breathe through the nose for a while, which was probably the thing I struggled with most. But overall, I'm loving the results so far. I started YouTube videos about my journey because I noticed there wasn't much information available online from women who look like me who had actually gone through the surgery. She adds that I... I do have to say I do love my nose following surgery. I just feel like it fits my face a bit more. I've always been aware that my nose really didn't have a bridge. I actually really love my nose from the side profile. I just didn't like like it from the front profile. So I would always take pictures from the side. Now I take pictures from the front. When I first woke up from surgery, I was immediately in love. I love the way it is now, but I know that I am still not done healing. All right, okay. So,
0: like, yeah, when I read this, I was like, I wasn't sure what they were doing with their noses. And, and you see, my first impression was that. And you read the whole thing. Did you read the whole thing? No, no not really. Oh, I was like, I was wondering—is it like they want to have a more European-looking nose? That's what I couldn't really understand.
1: Well, they haven't said specifically about the shape of the nose, but I think back in the day you could say maybe because that was really the only ideal shape that most people were looking for, but I don't think so. And most of these guys, like the two examples that I've used, they have said that they wanted their noses to look more like their mother's. Mm. Which, if they're half, you know, like half white, half black, I mean, I assume their mothers were also black. It's just probably the nose <clears throat> isn't as, I don't know, whatever it is, isn't too much like their dad's, you know? So I imagine it's not really European noses that mm. they're going for. It's probably just a different shape than the one that they have. They don't like the shape, so they want to change it. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's a tricky one. And I think, to be honest, I think it applies to people that, a white as well, not just mm. black or women of color, because I mean, there's a the whole thing in Asia, isn't there, where they change the
1: oh, nose. Yeah. Well, they change. The, they're very famous for the eyelid surgery yeah. in Asia for the double lids and whatever it is that it's called. So they've been doing that for you know decades. And yeah. um, plastic surgery in general is very popular in Asia. I um, think for me, it's more the thing that I
0: don't like is changing plastic surgery to look like another ethnicity.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Or and to but- basically not look like your ethnicity. Yeah. Whatever it is. That's me scary. And I understand feeling like that myself when I was younger, mm. especially around my nose, actually. Well, yeah. so many things, hair, skin, nose. Gosh. But, you but- you sharp nose. Yeah, but the thing is I have my dad's nose yeah. and it's, wider and flatter Yeah. I actually don't mind my nose but I did have a thing about my nose and yeah. would look at nose and it's like because it was different and I don't think it's that it's not as wide and flat some people's but then um, yeah I just had a thing about my nose wasn't too wide that was it yeah that yeah was so that of my nose with my nose. Oh, here, and then here we are playing with our noses. Yeah. But, um, yes, that it's just a scary thought of that happening. But, I mean,
1: true.
0: what you going to do? Michael Jackson.
1: Yeah.
0: so I can say Michael Jackson actually did that.
1: Yeah, exactly. He did a lot, actually. He did a lot. I think lots of people do things for lots of different reasons. And I do <laughs> believe that beauty standards are unrealistic and probably slanted towards Caucasians. But... You know that's that's I still Except with the books. I'm uh, sorry, except with the books, I <laughs> exactly, except the. but I still think it's a personal choice, you know, so I think, yeah, in general, standards of beauty need to need to change, probably, to be more accepting. and I think that is happening because there's lots of different at least body types and things like that that we see nowadays in ads and fashion shows, even, but I think it's a bit harsh. I, I just think it's it's harsh for everybody to keep judging people who do have them because, you know, they could be because, oh, yeah, they want to be more beautiful, but it could just be because they want to change a particular feature and, you know, they find it prettier and, you know, why, why not? If the surgery is now so much more common yeah. uh, and safer and whatnot, then, you know, it seems
0: really Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, for me it's like it, for me it really depends on the motivation. It just scares me. It just scares me, that's all sometimes I think. Yeah. Do you, because it talks, do you know why it scares me? It's because it talks with a deeper a deeper problem. Yeah. About s- self-love and not having it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Again, I still but still your you know individual choice. If you wanna do it like saying people saying people on boob jobs and getting Botox and Yeah. It becomes so it becomes so much the norm. Yeah. People have parties.
1: Yeah.
0: But do people think about what the deeper meaning of it is? What it kind of implies?
1: And I wonder for me, I'm like, oh, I know women who've had like boob jobs and botox and stuff like that. But I've not known any men.
0: You know? Oh, I do, I do. Yeah, a lot more men starting to get Botox yeah. now. They yeah. just less. They just don't talk about it as much.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Because I'm just like, hmm, I wonder if men feel. I, I do, do know that of- men feel the same kind of pressure. I know that there's a lot of men who struggle oh. with the body dysmorphia and things like that. So, but yeah, I know yeah.
0: I don't. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. or wouldn't yeah. do some sort of sex. Cause I probably would. I mean, <laughs> it's like. I don't know. I guess. It, like, I'm getting my teeth straightened.
1: Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's yeah. weird though. we think of some things as not being. Yeah, but but you know, it is kind of cosmetic. So, mm. and I've had <laughs> that too.
0: Or, well, we're getting fake eyelashes or nails or, yeah. I don't know. To me, there's the difference between. Wanting to following a fashion and wanting to look a certain way. Mm. You might change your mind again and want to look a different way. To not wanting to look your ethnicity. To me, that's completely different.
1: Yeah. But I mean, that's like that's like me with the Kardashians, where they look and project like they're black almost, you know, and they're not. That to me is so weird, you know? Oh, I hate that. That drives me nuts because it's like it's like taking like the best bits of a culture, but not acknowledging the rest of it or the struggle and everything, and then notorious for that, as are some other celebrities <laughs> and people who've come out. People of us here, they're black and they're not black. They're oh, in their skin and whatnot. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, it tells that story. But we've got another story about skin. We do. Yes,
1: from the. C, which talks about the exeter medical students you've created the a profile well a website i think that that have common skin conditions but the skin is not just caucasian they've used like different skin tones and things like that because you may not know but like obviously the, something like eczema for example can look a certain way on caucasian skin and it looks completely different on you know black and brown skin or whatever um, it is but they've never really shown that in in medical books so these guys have created a website to make it a little bit easier to make the differences see Mm. the differences and it's called skin for all website so Mm. pretty cool yeah
0: Uh, I checked out the website actually skin for all did you have a look no well you would put you off your breakfast but yeah I had a look at it I don't think it's good it's true though like when you taught med- you know, medical school, not that I went to medical school, but I did do some subjects mm. that the medical students did, that yeah. you, the, it's, the textbooks are all pretty much Caucasian examples and some things present very differently, especially skin things that you physically can see mm. on different skin types. So I think if you're going to be, especially if you're going to be a dermatologist or something, yes. you really need to learn about that. Yeah, it's kind of weird that it's only an idea in the last however many years that that's a a need. Mm. I think it's kind of unusual. But actually, even saying that, same can be said for men and women. There can be differences. Like they're only starting to find out, you know, about neurodiversity and things present differently in men and women. Even heart heart problems. Yeah, present. Right differently in men and women. So there's even gender differences that aren't, mm. we're not educated on.
1: Which is interesting. And I don't know whether this is true about the seatbelts and how they're t- tested mostly on men. And it's like I think it's 40% less effective or something on women. I might be making that up. So, is that because of yeah. boobs? I don't know. They're just saying <laughs> they, they, they mostly tested on men, have been mostly tested on men uh, historically. So they're just like, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's weird. But mm-hmm. I have noticed in it's weird that it's only come up in the last few years. Um, but I've noticed it a little bit more that people are like, Oh look, it looks different on different colored skin. Like yes, yeah. mm. right.
0: indeed. Well it you know, it's quite this is a minorities in a lot of countries. Yeah. But I think couldn't they exchange information with other countries? Yeah. Like you know, Africans, but uh, a minority is a white person in Africa. Well, I guess it depends where you live. Like if you live in South Africa, I don't know. But, you know, the minority is a white person there. And then in, like, the West, the minority tends to be people of color, Asian. And, but then in Asia, a minority is a mm. white person. So surely they've got, they teach medicine in those countries. Mm. I don't know if they use resources from overseas, though. They might. Yeah, I don't know. Rather than creating their own to share that knowledge. Yeah. It's just me talking about, you know, collaborating so that everybody's got the knowledge. Mm. Anyway, just a thought. <laughs> what? Oh, some of the story. What's my story? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is a really good story. This mm-hmm. is like, following on from the last, we did talk about women in Iran last time. Because, you know, they've been quite defiant against the morality police. Yeah. So, this, that was what we talked about last time. But this is really great news. So, the Nobel Peace Prize that they hand out what, every year, yeah. what, every year, I don't know enough about it, but well, it's okay. been given to a woman, Najis Mohammadi, who's Iranian. And she's in jail right now. Days, Yeah. And there's this amazing picture of her on the BBC. It's a BBC News story. It says, Imprisoned Iranian human rights activist Narges Mohammadi has won the 2023 Nobel Peace Prize. And it's just announced this decision. And she's being honoured for her fight against the oppression of women in Iran. But it's come at a tremendous personal cost. Mm. And she's currently serving a 10-year jail term in Iran's notorious even prison in the capital, Tehran. Um, and then this is Iran's, Iran's foreign ministry response. They're saying the award was biased and in line with the interventionist and anti-Iran policies of some European countries. Mm. Mm. U.S. President Joe Biden called on the Iranian government's free Miss Mohammadi as he praised her unshakable courage whilst French President Emmanuel Macron said she was a freedom fighter. And it's gone so hard to talk about who she is, and I was reading it, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, she has been in prison a lot. Let me see where it says. Oh, let me it say how long. And she has a son who, who she doesn't get to see. So as well as her current jail term, Ms. Mohammedi has been arrested 13 times, convicted five times, and sentenced to a total of 31 years in prison. She's also been sentenced to 154 lashes, and it's unclear whether that punishment has been carried out. Um, and last December... So last year, she wrote from prison to give the BBC harrowing details of how Iranian women detained in demonstrations were being sexually and physically abused. She said such assaults had become more common during the protests triggered by the death in police custody of 22-year-old Massa Amini in September 2022. Girls, was it years over a year ago? So the unrest later spread across the country with demands ranging from more freedoms to an overthrow of the state. So it was the, the protests, the way they're cracking down, and they cracked down a lot. Mm. And in 2020, so she wasn't in prison then. She was speaking to the BBC, and she was the or was or is the deputy head of the Defenders of Human Rights Center. She explained why she was dedicating herself to advancing women's rights in Iran. She said, "In my opinion, supporting human rights efforts and actions aimed at achieving freedom and justice anywhere in the world." Whether in Iran or any other country, it's very important and very heartwarming. And then last year, she was included in the BBC's 100 women, a high-profile list of 100 inspiring and influential women from around the world. But, yeah, it's really sad, isn't it? Yeah. And to me, it's like, we would, I think we talked about this last time, why would she stay there knowing she would go to prison? Because she could probably get refugee mm. somewhere else. But she chooses, I'm assuming she chooses to stay there. Yeah. That's what I would be interested in. But what do you think she'd say? Do you think she'd say, well, this is my home and she's Mm -hmm. fighting for her freedom to live in her home, I guess.
1: Well, I mean, I guess she has dedicated her life to the women there and changing the way that Iran is towards its women. So Mm. it's maybe it's more of a thing that you have to be there to try and influence change as opposed to trying to do it from somewhere else.
0: True. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's just such a sad. Uh, millions of Iranians will be cheering this award, apparently with human rights activists around the world. The Nobel Committee decision also sends a very strong signal of disapproval to the Iranian authorities. Yeah. At the ceremony, Miss Reese Anderson. So Miss Reese Anderson is, is she's part of the, Norwegian Nobel Committee mm. is speaking. Says she's urged the Iran to release Miss Mohammadi from jail so she could attend the the prize ceremony in December. Mm. I think that's very unlikely. <laughs>
1: very unlikely.
0: Yeah, and then the UN said the award highlighted the courage and determination of the women of Iran and how they are inspired an inspiration to the world. Mm.
1: Yeah, harsh, eh? Yes,
0: but good that she's got the priest, the Nobel Priest Prize. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of dominating the news at the moment.
1: Yeah, I do hope she gets out of jail, but it doesn't seem very likely.
0: No, and actually, I sure saw something in the news about a teenage girl that was beaten in Iran the other day. I think it probably happens. More often than it's even reported. Um,
1: because media is usually restricted in countries.
0: Yeah, but even what we find out. Yeah, exactly. says <laughs> so, so, well. so, again, how lucky we are to yeah. where we live.
1: Yeah.
0: How important it is to call out that kind of behavior. Yeah. Um, things that lead to that. Oh, I have a. Did, were you going to say something? No, no, no. Okay, I have a. What would you do? Kind of. Yeah. Well, what would you do? Mm.
1: It's
0: uh, a friend. I'll say friend. I want to speak about. Be specific. Yeah. So a friend's telling me about this. This friend started a new job in this new organization. This and all I'll say about this organization is they're a well-known charity, mm. not for profit. And they were telling me that they were this. They've just they've only been there a short time, and they were telling me that uh, they were at this presentation kind of direction and and they noticed and they, this person is a person of color, mm. this friend. They noticed that there was no other people of color besides a, a young Asian man that seemed to be in, in the organization. It might be that you know people that were working from home I don't know yeah but that's what they noticed so far and they found it quite unusual even Mm. though that's they found it really unusual because you tend to find there's at least a um, few Asian people Mm. in companies if not black Mm. or whatever because I mean we are a minority so we'd expect Mm. them to be a minority but They said it was very striking, and especially as this company prided itself on having like a Department of Indigenous
1: Mm.
0: something and another, you know, minority kind of group that they'd established to focus on the problems for those groups, yet there's nobody fitting those (laughs) in the organisation. But actually that was the what would you do part. So the what would you do part was this is the presentation. Actually, this is the presentation, lady's giving, and she's talking about we're the only company that has these group. Mm. I don't, I don't can't remember. You know, oh the group of indigenous affairs and group of whatever minorities something something. Oh, and they were talking about the background of the organization Mm. and like the age range. So you know our employees are the age between or our representatives. People that go to speak on their behalf, you know, I know 30 to 85 years old. And then they were going through, and then they had an ethnicity breakdown. I think it was Caucasian, Asian, and Indigenous, three. And then this lady said something like, so I wasn't there. This is, you know, second-hand information. And my husband, when he read this slide, thought I was being, that was being racist, saying Asian. And then apparently, looked at my friend saying and, you know, thinks that's racist. Whereas, you know, well, if it is, then somebody can tell me. Looking at my friend who is not Asian, but Indian. And um, and then everybody in the room laughs.
1: Uh Overall. Yeah.
0: So, and then carries on talking. And my friend said to me I was going to comment and put my hand up and say well Asian is very general and covers so many ethnicities and nationalities it's yeah. not even really an ethnic group not you know you might be Southeast Asian you might be yeah. whatever the ethnicity breakdown is and so maybe that's just maybe a bit too general she said she was going to say that but because everybody laughs yeah and this woman kind of was kind of seemed to be indirectly directing that comment to her Mm. probably because she was the only non-white person in the room with this with such a this guy she says she felt really uncomfortable and didn't say anything
1: yeah and I was just like yeah what would you do yeah no I feel very uncomfortable too but I'd be like well why would you jump to racist Like, why is it always racist? I I almost think it's like, you know, it's like a blanket thing now to say, oh, it's racist, but we don't want to talk about it because it's played off as a joke because it's not, oh, clearly I'm not racist or something. It's like, we don't even give a shit whether you're racist or not. It's just not representative. Like for a company that's going, oh, we're so diverse and trotting out all their like little charts and whatnot. It's like, you'd think you'd want to get it right. Like, just be a little bit more specific about what it is that you're talking about, you know, instead of, you know, having three categories, you know, like some of the Americans that, you know, when we do like questionnaires of patients and things, they go, whether you're Caucasian, Hispanic, -Hispanic. non-Hispanic. Like,
0: okay. (laughs) That's insane. I I always think that's terrible. I've always thought, why, why have we not changed that? But it's because... It goes, it's because the submission goes to
1: the FDA. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's what I mean. It's like it's a huge body, the FDA, that doesn't really give a shit. Like by saying, you know, just giving you three options, it's telling you I don't really give a shit about anybody else. Like there's these are the categories I care about. And that's it. So if you're labeling something Asian, you don't give a shit. Like that's that's the like to me, that's what I would probably say in that. You that's know. what
0: it infers, but they probably don't even
1: realize yeah exactly so yeah. I'd say I probably I mean if they have laughed I'd probably say so I'm not so sort of worried that you're racist as stupid you know? <laughs> <laughs> what you saying now <laughs> and I think because they'd laugh you could automatically just say oh yeah it doesn't really show that you're racist like we don't give a shit about that it just says you're a little bit stupid that you live in Asia-Pac and you can't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Right? And then I'd be like, well, it's 2023, maybe you should learn. about it. <laughs> Oh, I feel like you live in Asia-Pac, bro. It's like living in America and going, I don't know what Hispanic means. <laughs> or what Hispanic is, <laughs> you know. It's like, well, learn. It's not- it's not- The population.
0: Do you bro? not think it would be like living in America and just saying Latin?
1: Yeah, something like that, yes, yeah. Or isn't that the same sort of thing?
0: Yeah, isn't that the same thing? I mean, yeah, I guess it just it's an ignorance that's ironic. It's an ironic ignorance.
1: It really is, and what is hilarious is they don't get it. Like, that's just a bunch of white people sitting around laughing, oh, I'm racist, ha uh-huh. It's like, what? <laughs> but, um, oh,
0: yeah, bizarre. It's, it's almost like there needs to be another word, not stupid, though. <laughs> I think that word might be a little bit antagonistic,
1: meanal you know? <laughs> But yeah,
0: maybe it Like, let's say like another word for not understanding mm. the implication of what you're saying. Yeah. And it doesn't have to, it doesn't necessarily fit racist. Ignorance, no. uh, you know, racist has just been used to every fairy yes, thrown yes. around. To
1: be honest, it's too broad a term for being that's obvious. It's the Asian. Um. <laughs> it? um, uh, like, but to me, to me, you can't be that ignorant nowadays, especially in the country we live in. Like, it just doesn't make sense to be that stupid and ignorant. But, yeah, like... You, and especially as an institution you need to be more educated you know Um, yeah but yeah it's quite interesting yeah
0: what was interesting is this person telling me this there was another one she told me and i was just i can't remember what it was
1: but yeah this whole how they categorize you know this is you know the whatever it was i can't remember caucasian indigenous and then asian It's like, and people say things about Indigenous people. Oh, you're just there filling a quota and, you know, whatever. Like the Indigenous person is just getting a job, right? It's these guys who are using that Indigenous person as a, oh, look at us, we've filled a quota. Like, isn't that, like, to me that sounds, is so random. It's not usually the Indigenous person who's like, oh, let me fill a quota in here. You know, they're just trying to do a job and live their life, you know. (laughs) And yet they're the ones who are sort of, you know pointed out hey you're using opportunities
0: yeah um, it's one of those things isn't it it's a gray area it's a gray area but in any case you don't want to most people don't want to feel that way
1: yeah of course they don't yeah so yeah i don't know how they would feel about you know having being toned out every time you know by companies Mm. we're doing and we're so great and
0: and like, well, it's just something happened to me. I was talking to a group of people, giving a story, a bit of a story about how I was bullied because of my color and my hair and all this kind of things. So race, race, racism, bullying, like physical violence and hmm. verbal abuse, kind of stuff. And this person later put to me and I'll thank you for sharing the story, and he's like. And he was telling me how interesting it is. So many people get bullied in yeah. school. So many people. It's a big thing. Yeah. This, what, this, this was a white gentleman telling me this. And I'm just like, what point, what is he, what, what's his point? Yeah.
1: And I, I was just. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes when people have nothing else to say, you know. Sometimes. I don't know. Like, okay. Cool.
0: <laughs> mm. Anyway, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> anyway, I don't know why I, tra- I take off topic there. I guess my point was what did it feel like? I guess it felt like with minimizing my experience. That's what it felt like. When, like, it's so common and it happens to everyone, and it's not mm. because of, it's not a racism thing, almost, mm. because it happens to everyone. Right, yeah. That's kind of the that was the impression I was getting from what he was t- saying to me, but I could be wrong. So, <sighs> anyway, mm. it is interesting. So that was young. What would you do? You should have been in the room then, because that would have been hilarious. Yeah,
1: especially if I was having a moment, I would definitely say that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? that's so funny oh. yep. alright
0: then let's wrap it up for today that was really fun talking to you me, as usual mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and fun talking to you too mm-hmm. until the
1: next time
0: until the next time oh vote people oh yeah vote this comes out after the vote so they're the vote
1: well done
0: yeah well done for voting let's hope that when we next come back we can talk about the
1: results yeah
0: all right bye bye thank you so much for tuning in we hope you have as much fun with us today as we did if what you heard resonated with you don't forget to show the love and like our youtube channel all one with tracy g give us a five star rating on whichever podcast platform is lucky enough to have this episode because they rock too. Feel free to email stories or questions at alloneinclusive@gmail.com, at gmail.com and sign up for my newsletter if updating yourself about everything which goes down sounds like something right up your alley at tracygandu.com Until the next time, see ya!